You can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Two o'clock. It's two o'clock. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. And when you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's that time again for that show. Some call me Tim. Every week, I try to time it with that trippy noise, and every week, I jump the gun. <laughs> I am here, joined this week by Jacob Blazer, comedian, yeah, believer in something. That's a good description of what I believe in, I All guess. All right. Something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, usually, I have people look deeply into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Um, I believe he was a person, I guess, you know? All right. He I believe was, he existed. There's a plenty, enough written evidence to suggest that he was an actual man. Pretty good message as far as I can tell. You sure. Know. It just seems to me, I guess, organized religion kind of took it and ran with it there. Kind of ruined it a little bit, you know? So do you think he was the son of God or did you just think he was a dude? I think he was a dude. He was just a dude. Yeah. A dude I mean, who said some cool things. There's been, I've, I've read theories about him and I, from what I understand, John the Baptist, I don't even know how true this is, but uh, they were related oh. and and uh, there there was a theory put forth that they kind of manufactured some of the stuff oh. that they did um, to, to, to coincide with some of the Old Testament's um, prophecies. Coming of, yeah, yeah, prophecies. Sure. Exactly. So, um, you know, who knows? All right. It was a good message, you know what I mean? I like there was nothing really negative about what he had to say in any way, as far as I could tell, but you know. Are you Canadian? No. Okay. I'm from Wisconsin, so I guess there it is. I guess I guess that's close enough, you know. You had a I mean? kind of a yeah. Canadian thing to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. from Wisconsin. But that was like I moved here like thirty five years ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. It's funny, people from Wisconsin either have amazing senses of humor or they're horrible people. <laughs> I think because I think the snow and ice sort of does something to a person yeah miserable yeah i got out early when i was a kid the snow was fun the cold oh, was you know of course it was you didn't you care know, just... my car never broke down in the snow in the middle of fucking nowhere you know what i mean right but, you did know. you have to did you scrape the window with the ice scraper for your parents yeah. uh, no, i never got i was moved on at seven so oh, okay. like plus i was poor i don't even think at the time i moved i don't think my mom had a car you know oh, what i mean right like, so that's yeah. crazy i think she sold it for heating oil wow yeah so so you were ra- you were raised poor, but were you raised religious? Were you, mm. Was there a religiosity to your? No, it was my family was Episcopalian. Oh, you know, kind of like Catholic light. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I mean, I went to Sunday school. You know, and and I, fun stories. You know, interesting church. You know, I hated yeah. being quiet like everybody else. You know, but then after probably after like five, like the last couple of years, I was in the Midwest. Uh, it was like holidays, Easter, sure. Christmas, because grandparents were there, you know, like right. had hit one of the masses, you know. But you didn't 
drink the Kool-Aid metaphorically. You weren't like, Jesus is real. No. You were my like, mom, magic. You weren't. My mother was very, um, very open, very honest, uh, and she was just kind of like, you know, whatever you want to believe. She kind of left it open for that. And so, when did you start? sort of diving into an idea of this is something I want to believe was what was your first like you know what I want to believe this what was that thing uh uh well actually it's um I had a sick daughter um, oh. it was the first time and it's a very strange situation because it ended up being that um I did take a leap of faith for a period of my my life uh my my daughter she was uh she was born on August 17th she passed away on January 17th. Oh, my God. It was her 17th month birthday to the day that she passed. Oh, my God. And she was a very sick little girl from uh, <gasps> an imbalance in her 17th chromosome. Whoa. What does that even, what does that even so mean? So that's like, for me, well, 17 is a significant number just in that respect, but it kind of What's like... What's a 17th chromosome? Um, it has to do with the development of the brain. Wow. So her brain was underdeveloped. You know how the, the human brain has like folds and fingers. It's kind of like noodles. Sure. Hers was smooth. Whoa. She, and then she was, the 12th chromosome was mixed with it too. And they don't even know anything really about the 12th chromosome. So it was like, it, I mean, it was like very rare. One in four million. It's a genetic disorder I carry. Were you like, fuck God? But, I mean, no, I, I actually my 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 wife. We got married when she was sick, so she was born, and we ended up getting married. Uh, she was she was brought up pretty religious, and she believed. And then uh, I was living with my my cousin, and her husband was a pastor, so I was like oh. kind of steeped in it. And I made like I made a, a you know logical leap of faith, going like I'm going to believe, and then uh, I'll, I'll I'll take any evidence that wants to suggest what I don't believe is is not true. And I, I never got anything that, that necessarily discounted anything. You know, you can't disprove that, I guess. Sure. Um, but then, I don't know, life has a way of just kind of like going, you know, maybe not. <laughs> were, were you like, why me? Why us? Why her? Why this? Well. What did you, I mean, I, that is, I mean, my mind was just like, kind of blown there with with the with that bomb you dropped like that is I, wow i mean it, it was I, it was very strange because there were certain in my mind certain circumstances that led me to believe that it wasn't all that bad um i mean it was terrible i mean don't get me wrong but i mean i was i was more prepared i, I think mentally like we found out early on she was very sick oh. they gave us a life expectancy in one to two years wow like she never sat up she never was she a sweet ate. little girl oh though? she was gorgeous she's beautiful blonde hair blue-eyed little girl and just she smile and do all oh, the other constantly. things that's really what she did for anything else that was like one way you knew you could get um you know you knew she was engaged wow know? um but she was sick, you know. She got um, uh, pneumonia a lot. Whoa! <clears throat> and uh, any progress she'd make, she'd have seizures. Oh! Um, so they like I gave her mouth to mouth hundreds of times. Oh just my to, god! Just to like make get oxygen to her brain, I gave her uh, chest compressions to try and get keep the oxygen moving because she would her whole body would tense up. Um, so it was like, like almost a year and a half of that. But like we knew she was going to go and she was at the end, she was a very sick little girl, you know? So for her, it was a release, you know what wow. I mean? Like, and it really kind of put into perspective because a month later, my wife was pregnant with a blonde haired, blue eyed little girl. Oh, wow. So you have a little girl now? Well, she's not that little. She's 21. Oh, now. wow. 
She's wow. like engaged. She lives in Sacramento, and she's an amazing person. How yeah. did you try again? Were you just like? It was a month after she passed. I mean, oh I like God. when my daughter passed. Like, I, it's a kind of a crazy story. I was living with my cousin, and she was my little girl was sick. She was on hospice, and we just were like, we took her to the hospital. She's on hospice, and hospice, and we were very young. People tried to like tell us what to do, but they didn't know what the illness was about. Right. Like hospice people yelled at us for taking her to the hospital. I'm like, fuck you. We don't need hospice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're not ready for her to die yet. So I, right. I mean, because really, hospice is just legalized euthanasia oh, in my mind. Yeah. Because um, it's not legal here, but they just keep upping the drugs. Till, I mean, if anybody has experience with um, that, I that's what I find, and 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 that has its place, but that was not for us, you know right. what I mean? Um, so we were moving into a brand new apartment. She was on oxygen tanks, like big oxygen tanks in the apartment. Um, and our first night there, we woke up in the morning. She was. I held her in my arms until the paramedics came out. It was like, it was like she was cold, you know. Did you? So you believed in God? when she was sick for a minute for a minute yeah. you were like praying and oh yeah constantly doing the... and I was thankful for what I had you know what I mean it put a lot of things into perspective and the, and the whole 17 thing just kind of sealed it up in my mind when that was God's way of saying that's how long she was meant to be here and and that that, that it made me the man I am today you know wow but now you don't consider yourself like you don't Organized religion. I don't know. Not I just, organized, but you're like, spiritual. In I, I, I would say I don't know. I call myself an agnostic. You know, I, I'm open uh, to the possibility of intelligent design, and I suspect maybe there's some kind of intelligent design. But worship, I don't think, would probably be part of it at the oh. level of intelligent design. Like, sure. who needs worship when you could, like, subatomic? You can create subatomic particles and make them continue forever i don't know right just like, hey that's a good point why would why, why like, would we ooh, have a jealous god you know, that, i made all this so that you guys could like do shit for me like like and right. what are we doing like i don't know it just seems ridiculous to me wow i mean let's go back to the a month like you were able to continue your life again i i mean I was like a zombie, like for weeks, you were, like just yeah. like going through the motions, like okay, now how do you feel again? You know, right? I mean, even like interacting with your wife, I, I'd be like, I, I like that you had. I'm saying you had sex and you were super sad. Like, good on you, bro. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be. I mean, I can't well, we even comforted each other. Like, and, like nobody could understand what we were going through other than one another. Like, right. Like nobody, people just like. I don't even like no, How do you we, and we know you don't. So like, did you know though? It, there was no signs in utero that anything was amiss. No, uh, we didn't get tested for our future children in there. Both good, not even carriers. Oh wow! So what it is is um, of the twenty-three chromosomes, there's two of each you get from each parent. Well, my part of my twelfth, I mean, yeah, part of my twelfth, part of my seventeenth, that part of them have switched places. So mine are intact, oh. but they're kind of in the wrong places. But they're they they fill the space so that I'm, sure. um, you know, normalish, I guess. Right. But I'm a carrier, and she took my seventeenth, but not the twelfth attached, and she oh. took the seventeenth without the full seventeenth. So sure. That's where the problem stemmed. And so you knew with the second pregnancy that something could be amiss yeah, we got tested i mean like i think i have three um sonograms on video of our our my, my daughter like yeah. photos there like, like, like it was yeah yeah we were very wow. well 
And it, it, the best thing about it for me was to know that she wasn't a carrier. She wouldn't have to deal with, thought, like, well, I don't even, I think it's just one, one in eight chance that it could happen to me again, you know? Wow. Um, and I don't know, I'm of the opinion that, um, like, the human body oftentimes, like, I think, for instance, in miscarriage, the body kind of sometimes knows, uh-huh. like, there's something not right. Well, my ex-wife is kind of like a workhorse. She's had, like, five kids. Like, like her body just... And she works, like, right up until her water breaks. She, like, she just is, wow. like, you know... She's a baby. Machine. Do you have five kids? No, it's those. Oh, okay. I have two. You have two. And then, um, yeah, uh, we we uh, separated. Or she had two more kids later. Gotcha. Because so. um, I have a son also who's eighteen. Oh wow. So we had we had three children total, and she's had two since then. When you this is nonsense. When you tell jokes, do you ever do you ever tell de- dead baby jokes, or is that just like completely I, no, no. off the table? No, I I had one actually kind of about it, but it was it's hard to sell. Yeah. I, I mean, cause I, a little bit of honesty. Um, I like I had a bit like because I have had some fucked up shit. Like my my mother was kidnapped by a bank robber when I was a teenager, and I tell that I'm like, wow. but it's not what you think. She was dating him. What? Which is a true story, you know. And then I I go on to tell how my father was killed in. A hunting accident. Uh, really? Yeah, he was he was sitting in a minivan, um, and <sighs> and it could have been avoided if he hadn't been sitting shotgun. <sighs> so like so, oh and god. then I'm fine, and you know these are all true. And then my oh like, my god, you know when I was younger, I had to bury my daughter, and then I say I didn't want to, but they have laws about these things. So. <laughs> oh um, god. That's hard. I, I think have, that's it's, funny because it, it's all true, but no one else sees It's I, hard to I, sell an audience on that. I think so. it's funny too because yeah. at least you can. I mean. It's so tragic. You've had some tragic things happen to you. Uh, yeah, and, and a lot much at a very young age. So it kind of put my whole life in perspective. So, and you did, have, did you ever, as a child, you you didn't think maybe this is something? I've been a bad boy, and so God is punishing me. You never had that kind of like. Nah, because I never felt the, like I was really that bad. You oh, know, okay. I try to do the right thing. You know, like I mean, I did stupid but shit. But then you didn't blame over. God either. Like you were, you're like, I'm a good boy. I'm good. Why is God punishing me? This never like entered your frame I, of being. I, even in, in any way that I, even when I was 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 actively faithful, that I didn't believe He was monitoring my every move. I just never wow. felt like that. That was a plausible situation. Okay. You know, and it was so funny. I remember thinking being in church, you know, and I was I was happy for the life I was given, even with a sick child. You know, I mean, there's so many other things in life that were amazing. Just being with her, you know, um, I remember going to church and every, every time I went to this, I went to a lot of home church at this time. Everyone always asks for stuff. I place God's, I get this job, I get this car, I get this. Like nobody just is like, thanks for what I got. You know sure. what I mean? Like. I'm like, I don't know, this is like a wish factory. It seemed like going... Sure. You know, everybody prayed for me, so I get this promotion. Like A wish factory. Like, God is a wish factory. You know, sure. like, well, that, that church felt like one, you church know. Felt, we all got together yeah. to, to wish for stuff, pray for stuff. Right, I guess, sure. You know? I just, I'm, I'm astounded that you d- didn't blame God or be angry about... I mean, did you have a sense of... Was it just when it happened, it was a relief, and because she had been so sick, was but there was there any anger? Or did that come at the beginning? Was there like a 
Like, yeah, it, like when I uh, first found uh, out like uh, that she was sick, I'm like, I, that's when it really kind of was like, what? Why? Why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why? And then to come to find out, I was the reason why. Oh, you wow. Know? But but the reason, it, and, it, and a lot of things that put things in uh, my life into perspective once again, it's like, no matter what you do, there are things that are terrible things that are going to happen to you that are outside your control. Sure. And so, uh, like, you can only control so much. And you could be Mother Teresa and, you know, the worst shit in the world can happen to you. So, I don't take it personal, I guess. I, You know, I <sighs> life doesn't have anything against me. It's got something against everybody, I guess. So, you know, like, do you hate guns? Are you... A g- I'm a gun owner. You're a gun owner. Yeah, actually, um... How old were you when your father was killed or not? I was in my late 20s. Okay. Yeah, so I was a little bit older. I had kids. My my whole goal was, um, and I, early on when I was young, as I taught my kids, resp- like, uh how to handle guns because to me knowledge is more important because ignorance of a brown firearm will get you killed quicker than knowing how to use one properly sure so like for instance growing up my kids knew three rules when they were really little what's the first thing when you do when you don't t- and I would quiz them what's the first thing you do when you see a gun don't touch yeah. what's the second thing you do leave the room third thing you do tell an adult and I would quiz them like I have people oh you have guns you have kids I go kids what's rule number one don't touch and they would go through the rules sure and then as they got older I'm like you know I would teach them new rules First rule is guns always loaded. Second rule, the gun is always, always. loaded. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Like, well, oh, treat it like it's always loaded. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, it's a tool, not a toy. It's designed right. for a specific purpose. And sure. You don't use it for things other than its specific purpose. Right. Wow. So, um, yeah. I, and then you taught him how to shoot. I, I, I have, um, I, I try, um, they, they've done a lot, you know, they're like, my my son, he shot a pistol, but he was afraid to shoot a shotgun. At 17, he plays football, big kid. Yeah. He's, I'm afraid it's going to hurt my arm. I'm like, it's not, people, kids do this, like, but I don't know. He's, I don't know, he's a unique kid. I love him. He's great. Awesome. Yeah, he's one of those kids, like, never smoke, never drink, never, he's like, I mean, he's kind of all around it, you know, but he's like, I just, no, don't want to do that. I want... <laughs> To control everything I do, because I smoke. My daughter has her card. You know, it's it's around. He's like, yeah, no. Like the doctor prescribed him. He had his. Uh, he doesn't smoke the pots. No, nothing. He won't do. He actually had his appendix out um, the night before Christmas Eve, and they gave him his pain meds, and he wouldn't take them. Because he just he's like opiates. No, nope, don't want to do he's it. He's I don't. And he, the anesthesia, I had to like. I afterwards, he's like, I hate this. This is terrible. I go. So this is what it feels like to be really, really, really drunk. I <laughs> yeah. go. So if anybody tells you, oh, well, you don't get it, tell them, yeah, you get it, and you don't like it. So sure. if anybody tries to press you, but he's just of that mind, like, nope. But and it's not that you instilled in any religious compunctions in, inside him, because like I didn't drink or do drugs when I was in high school because I was so into Jesus that I, I was like, Jesus will be mad at me. I want to live a pure life for Jesus. I want to have a pure temple for the Lord. And so I didn't. I waited until I decided that religion was a pile of dog shit before I like was like, yeah, smoking pot is the way, the truth and the light. Like. Yeah, I believe there's it. so much guilt if you try and do sure. that. I think you know, like yeah. Um, but he just, of his own volition, decided that he's a control freak. Oh yeah, <laughs> By, and he's one of those kids. And I tell him like, you, he thinks so unique. Like we'll we'll get to the same conclusion from two totally different angles on a on on a subject. Or I, I find that he's a very fascinating young young kid. Like. He's with it though. He's you well, you were really young as a dad, but it sounds like you know what you're doing. How did you 
like without the external help of a morality how did you instill in your children like the sense of morality and right and wrong you just did they do you feel like they had it or so this is the question like are people born good and then we turn them into bad people or are people born bad and then we scare them into being good people how did you how did you instill morality in your children without an external religious construct I, I, I just try to like um, have them put them in other people's shoes. Like, well, how would you feel? Oh, you know? empathy. Like, if that happened, you know what I mean? Like, would sure. you want someone to do that to you? You know, I, if, to me, it just if I would always talk to my kids like this, like logically, um, I, just for instance, one time we we're watching a movie and my kids were pretty young. My and some guy called a kid loser on the TV. She's like loser. She's like he's a loser I'm like do you even know what that means she's like yeah it means you don't have a job you don't work and you don't do anything I'm like, yep that's a loser that's, yeah. and then she goes grandma calls you a loser <gasps> and I was like well I'm like I work don't I and she goes yeah and I was like remember when I used to go to school she's like yeah I said I cleaned the kitchen didn't I she's like yeah I said did your grandma work she's like no I go does your grandma go to school she's like no did your grandma ever clean the house she's like no and then she goes grandma's a loser <laughs> so if you lead them there if you give them the information they'll figure it out on their own you wow. know what i mean so yeah. that's kind of always like well look at this what do you think this is what i think what do you, what do you see when you look at that sure you know? well and you talk to your kids which I, 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 is great that's my, my daughter tells me things that people tell me like that, that other people probably find disturbing if their daughter told them but I don't judge. Like, I know how people, we all make mistakes. We all, we're just animals, you know, really. You instilled in them a sense of honesty. Do you, do you remember, like, what would happen if you're, were they just, they weren't natural liars? They were just kind of, do you remember a time when you had to point out, like, I know you're lying? Or were they, did that just not even come up? I, I there were times when I knew they were lying, but I just kind of let them go with it. Um, I, I was I had them on weekends, you oh, know, so okay. mom had them during the week, uh, and she she was like iron fisted, and I was a little bit looser, more sure. honest, and I would let them. They could they knew they could be more open with me, sure. you know. Uh, but there were times when um, I knew they were lying, but I let them, they were trying to work out, like, cause I would hear a story from my son. I talked to my ex-wife. He's like, well, this is what really happened. And um, then I would go back to him like, well, this is this what happened? Why did you tell me this? Well, well, okay. Well, don't tell me that. Be honest with me. You yeah. know, I go through them. You know, I never, I don't read my kids the right act. I talk to them, you know? Sure. And now we still talk. We can sit around the three of us and talk for like three, four hours, just talking no TV, no nothing. Wow. Yeah. Like, well, you have the most unusual children in the universe because they all seem to be on the phones and staring at the gimmicks and doing the scrolling with the Instagrams. We the- do that. Like the other day, my son, he, they, because they don't, neither one live me now. They're on their own kind of. Sure. And 18, <clears throat> my son comes to my house and he's playing video games and he's got her on video chat and I got all three of them on video. But we're in the same room and they're playing video games and we're all, we're all together even though like my daughter's in Sacramento so we still hang out we talk I go to Sacramento and do comedy and oh. I see her all the time uh, at least once or twice a week you cool know? 
Um, so yeah. You do comedy in Sacramento once or twice a week? I'm from the Valley. So oh. I drove over an hour to get here. Oh my God, you're amazing. Yeah. No, that's what I do is I come I come to Sacramento. I go to Sacramento. I come here. I go to San Jose. But you're going to stick around tonight for all the open mics. Actually, I have band practice in the East Bay. As soon as I oh, leave okay. here, I got to fight traffic to make um, band practice. Yeah. Wow. So. You live in the the Valley. Yeah, I live beyond, you know, over the Altamont Pass. I live in Tracy. Oh my yeah. God, you live in Tracy? Yeah, I, I know Tracy. exactly where you yeah. live. You're like... Past Manteca. No, I'm past before Livermore. Manteca. You're before well, past Manteca. Livermore, but about 25 minutes past Livermore. Oh, man. But like every night, I'm either here, Sacramento, San Jose, you know, or, you know, or how, East Bay. How did you, uh, how long have you, been, have you been doing comedy? Um, I started in earnest um, um, last April. Right. Um, I, I I got up a couple times December. Like I, my second time doing it was like the last week. Brainwash was open. Oh wow! And, yeah, and I bombed so fucking bad that I was like, I need to go home and write some jokes. So I went home and wrote for about four months. And wow. then when I started in April, I started. I like from the week I started, I don't. I haven't done less than three mics a week Good since. Good for you. And, and there's nothing o- in Tracy. Upwards of ten. Oh no, there was there was some Modesto stuff, but it's, right. nothing really stuck. They're like, sure. I, there's been like three of them. Mark and Neuer they, they tried. Came and went. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Meniz. I don't know if you knew know him. Uh, mm-hmm. Felicia Alleman. She does mm-hmm, some stuff mm-hmm, up there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's one right now in Stockton. The, the Deaf puppies. Um, Saud. Yeah, it's like it's hit or miss. Sure. So I go when I can, you know, because I I'm, I consider myself a 209 comic, uh, more or less. I come from there, you know. Yeah, sure. But it's so funny because Sacramento people thought I was a Sacramento comic, right. and then the city people were like, oh, you're not from San Francisco. I, yeah. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So every it's a funny, and San Jose people they do kind of know that I come from somewhere else. But I was in Santa Cruz on Monday night. That's mind blowing. You drove from Tracy to Santa Cruz. Yeah, I actually I picked up Jimmy Meniz in. Uh, series and then we drove through this 152 came oh up, my god you Patriot. went over the yeah. you went over that crazy pass i've done the 152 yeah. it is yeah. wiggity it is well i didn't we didn't do the one with the the um uh observatory i've done okay. that i've yeah. done that but um so then we did that and then we went um woodhams that was monday night wow. that was just like i've legit driven 300 miles to hit up five, you know a handful of mics you're a maniac do, do you have a regular job too yes you are burning the candle at both ends um well i have music too i do I and, book. and you have yeah and i'm a, i'm an executive chef at a memory care um uh, resident cool yeah i have like 40 residents i cook for i, I run the kitchen you know i just yeah three meals a day yeah, and three snacks. So yeah. Whoa. I mean, I have a crew, you know. Sure. Like, I, I outline the menu. Like, I just came on there. I've been there a couple months. I'm trying to. They have a lot of like, you know, they, like they do like yogurt and granola bars for snacks. And sure. I, and I'm going. I'm I, like, you know, we're doing. I'm trying to to really up the cuisine, so we're doing like appetizers. I'm I'm like, we're doing empanadas. And we're doing <gasps> quiche and stuff. That's like, so nice. no more of this yogurt shit. You guys need some good stuff. So that's why I'm trying to re- overhaul the menu a little bit over there. So, just trying to make it better for them, you know. Why do you live all the way out in Tracy? Um, well, I kind of ended up there. I got financed out. Yeah, I lived in I lived in the East Bay, and I couldn't afford to live there anymore. So wow. I, I went out there, and now I have a, I got this job. It's actually sure. um, more money I've ever made in my life. But um, so I could kind of move, but now it's like it's like perfect. I'm an hour from a little over an hour from same distance from Sacramento, San Jose, or San Francisco. Same drive. Wow. Um, and if I come out this way, I'm farther from my daughter. Mm. Um, you know, if I go up that way, I'm farther from the city and my job. So 
at this point, Tracy is like the perfect hub for me. I mean, I spent a lot of money on gas. Yeah. But do you have a Prius? No, I'm I'm buying one okay. for my new job though. Yeah, there you go. That will pay for so much. It, absolutely, yeah. and you you can do this thing. We rented one to go down to, to down to L.A. because it was cheaper than flying, um, and we didn't have the time to fly. Anyways, anyways, um, but there's this thing you can do where it recharges its own battery and you just like you can see it's like a fun game yeah. you can play with yourself like how many miles to the gallon are you getting right now we sat the whole time down we're like oh you're hyper miling now yeah. what would it do like you're not using any gas at all uh, yeah it's, it's fun my my guitar player has one you hit the brake and the battery the battery and the, and the arrows change yeah no, so funny it is it's like almost a game when you're driving yeah, yeah. well yeah. yeah get one of those instead because yeah. i mean that's you're spending a lot of money on your comedy career. Are you, do you, have you done, um, you're going to write it off in your taxes this year though? Um, have you made no, enough money I from just, gigs? No, Cause like, you can write you seriously. This is new year, new you. You should log all your miles because you can take it as a business expense. You can take like 57 cents a mile or something or I, I need to, well, my thing is like, I, I'm, I, I kind of like my life has been kind of garbage for like the last decade. Oh, I haven't filed a tax return in like 15 years. Wow. I pay my taxes. Like, yeah. um, you sure. know, I'm on payroll, but I just haven't filed a return. So I have to like get all that shit. They probably owe you money. Uh, no, I, I think I own like 600 bucks. Cause like I, what happened is I had a really good year one year about mm. 15 years ago and I couldn't pay it. So they. They've been kind of taking everything they can, so it's gone down quite a bit. But I think it's like center and bucks. I could pay it now with a paycheck, but uh, just having, like I said, his new job. So. Right. Well, the, you don't have to pay taxes this year because the government isn't real. The government shut oh, down. My gosh, I know. That's I hope right. it stays. I mean, that's I just, a terrible thing for me to say, but I'm like, I just, I don't want to pay taxes this year. This fuck, fuck them. They've had 30, 33 days. It's been shut down. Yeah. Come on, buddies. It's ridiculous. It's like, uh, I mean. I, 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 and it, to me, this just feels like, um, kind of like a, like a vortex just spinning faster than it was 10 years ago. Like, sure. I, I, I don't feel like this is something a hundred percent new, you know what I mean? Like just, just kind of seems like the road we're heading down. We're about the same age. I'm assuming I'm in my forties. I am as okay, well. Yeah. Mid forties. Mid forties. Yeah. I was born in 74. Me too. Oh, look at that. Oh, we're yeah. the same age. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. You're still alive. I know. And you actually, I like, I've been, I quit drinking two years ago. Congratulations. Why? So you have nothing to do with morality. Just boredom. I was sitting at home. Like I would work. I come home and I would, I would drink and I would play. I was drinking like half a bottle of brandy, playing video games, watch TV and going like, I could do that without drinking. And then one day I just kind of stopped and then I got bored. I didn't want to sit at home anymore. And that's why I started comedy. Wow. So that's, you started comedy because you stopped drinking. Sometimes uh-huh. I don't know if I have a, a, a comedy problem that I'm an alcoholic with a comedy problem or I'm a comic with an alcohol problem. I can't really tell if it's which, which that, direction yeah. it is because everywhere we perform is in a bar and you just go and hang out and no problem. Well, I was a bartender for 15 years. Oh. So, and I, I've done music in bars and promoted music in bars, book bands. Like, like I've kind of spent my last 15 years in bars, my whole, and half the time sober because I'm working, you know what I mean? Sure, so I'm sure. used to being in a bar sober. Okay. So. Good I, I don't know. I just, I like a, a switch flipped. You know how like when you're done with Thanksgiving dinner, like you get that point, like I'm full, you push away from the table. That's me. Right. I push, I'm done. Wow. I'm good. And then, a but year, it wasn't went, like I woke up, 
in my own piss and my jeans were wet in the oh i had done that quite a few times over my you know 30 plus years of drinking but it wasn't like this come uh, to jesus moment where you're like i can't have another drink it was like i just don't want to drink anymore yeah well I mean, I, I was up to a, a handle of vodka a day probably about eight years ago. Like, wow. I, when I woke up, I was over the legal limit. Like, that's how. I was really bad for about a year. That, this morning, I was probably over the legal limit when I woke up. And I was I took I took pharmaceuticals every day for about 10 years. Like, I was for, like one of those what, functioning at no reason purpose? other than... You are bored. Like, <laughs> so exactly. You, took drugs. you were bored, so you took drugs, exactly. and then you stopped taking drugs because you were bored. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what happened. That is so bizarre. Yeah, and so now, like this, this, I don't know. Now I'm at the point in my life where I like to be challenged, you know. Um, and so comedy, is comedy is very challenging, full of challenges. Yeah, yes. but I'm weathering them well. So yeah. Uh, what's when are you, you have some upcoming showcases or anything going? I'm on? at Tommy T's in Pleasanton tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. How fun! Yeah, so that one's pretty fun. And then Sunday, uh, the 27th, I'm at. Uh, the uh, pizza factory in San Jose. Oh, so, yeah. There's only two things Free I pizza? have coming up. Yeah, and then I got what Hell Hell Hat next. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So that 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 sounds fun. The yeah. Hell Hat, yeah, it's um, improv based stand up. So the Hell Hat's actually over there. That fuzzy dead animal. Nice. And so the audience and me a lot. I write things down and you just pull them out of the hat and then you do stand up based off of whatever comes out of the hat. But also. You can tail, you can weave your own jokes in. I don't care. You could actually just like throw the hat on the ground and say fuck the hat and do yeah. do whatever set you want. I don't. I like it, a challenge. So we, that's we don't why. have any like. I'm like okay. Sounds like fun. Let's see. What's here, we'll, but get grab the hat and pull something out of there, um, and so we'll see what happens. You might up might be long enough. Pull pull the yeah the, the dead. There's like little things. Just there's a little card. Just pull one out and see see what some of them say. What's that one say? It, it says, uh, oh, am I, is it my mic or my, okay. There you go. Hot liquid Pepsi is what it oh says. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a bad sexual position. Hot liquid Pepsi. That's very funny. Yeah. It's just hot like, liquid Pepsi. It's like the night was going well until so she, she, she got me into a hot liquid Pepsi. <laughs> is this my headphones going out or the mic? No, you're fine. It must be your headphones. You sound great. Uh, so that's how that that's how the that's how Hell Hat works is that it's filled with things and then you pull them out and then mayhem ensues. So no, yeah, it definitely sounds like fun. That's why I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. And this is our. This, is this the first time you've been in Mutiny Radio? No, I've been here a couple times. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, so driven all the way from Tracy for one of our I was open here, mics. No, you hosted one time. Um, you said I had pretty good dad jokes. Oh. Yeah. Was it a no, joke I, workshop I, on a Monday? I, yeah. yeah and I think it was like, um, I, at first I thought I was like, oh, those are not dad jokes. But but I think upon reflection, I was like, no, she was, I, from a father's point of view, you weren't saying you got dad jokes. Oh, you know right. I mean? No, yeah, not like yeah, the, no. I'm a, why did, yeah. why did the, why did the dad not like the mummy? He's more of a sarcophagi. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that, yeah. That's a dad I have joke. bits where my kids make fun of me and like they yeah. tell me I look like a hipster supervillain, you know. Oh, that's funny. Like I that. think I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, a hipster supervillain. That's yeah. very funny. You do yeah. kind of look like yeah. you could have a cat or something. Yeah, in your a hairless cat. A hairless it has cat. To be hairless. Stroke yeah. It. yeah. 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 I, I do that in the privacy of my own home, actually. So, so what? 
you just decided to start doing stand-up comedy because you wanted a challenge that's well strange. I've were you always watching been... Netflix or something and you're like I could do that because you're old no offense to start like <sighs> you're know. starting in your 40s that's kind of like know. I mean I, I started when I was 36 and I thought I was like an old lady but you I mean it, you're was it like a midlife crisis and you said I'm gonna go be funny or have you always been funny uh, I've always loved stand-up I've always kind of been like the jokester um, a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, I wasn't always like the guy jumping around saying, look at me. Mm. I've always had that quick, quick one as a bartender too, you know, um. I has got the comebacks, you know, it's got like, I, and it helped me like I can handle it, a lot of situations, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I've always loved stand up. Like I, I told my mom I was doing stand up and I like the phone call legitimately. I called her. I go, so mom, I started doing stand up and her, her instant response was finally. Really? Yeah. Cause I, I remember being, I loved it when I was a kid. Not um, like I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> what are you, why do you want to ruin your yeah. life now? <laughs> no, well, she always, it was so, she always encouraged me to, to do what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, like I remember being, we went on a trip to San Diego once and there was a comedy club there help and like and i really really wanted to go it's like 12 years old wow. and, and and like it didn't end up working out but like i remember it was the same time i for my 12th birthday i brought home uh eddie murphy raw it was back when like it was, this was the 80s when like you go to you go to the, v, the video store when like half was vhs half was beta yeah sure and then um the, the asian guy would would rent you a rated x movie at yeah, 10 years old because he doesn't know he doesn't even care you know like here's a video it's a dollar you know so I, br- I put it in and it's about two minutes in and Mr. T starts getting fucked up the ass you know and my mom's like what are you watching at 12 years old you know so uh, that was my first for it but then my mom she'd be like you have to watch George Carlin you oh I love George Carlin she would bring me in like you have to see this comedian yeah. I, mean, I liked Carlin I liked Robert Klein you know, sure I liked, uh, so I liked the, the, some of the drier stuff which just really kind of got to me yeah, I like I like Stephen Wright a lot too. Heat the guy on the yeah. couch. Oh, love that. <laughs> Listen, guys, don't look at me right now. For the, he was the guy on the couch in Half Baked, and I just I, yeah. and that was so funny because I didn't know back then that he'd been a comedian forever. Oh, I did. I remember. And I was like years ago. Yeah, I was. I didn't really get into comedy, and I didn't really watch it or get into it or anything I'm, until I was like at least two thousand, but. Um, even just as a fan, the only thing I liked as a kid, I, I did watch um, the HBO special with um, Bill Cosby a billion times. The dad is great. It gives us the oh, chocolate yeah. cake. Yeah. Like I had that whole joke memorized. That's like early HBO. Yeah, is what that exactly. Was. Because so HBO was free. They play it like five times a day. Yeah. Because they only had they like, you know, anything, programming right? for however many hours. I yeah. watched it so yeah, much when too. I was a kid. Yeah, and it was clean. I still, oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I will... Always love Bill Cosby. What do you, speaking about morality of the general world or whatever, what do you think of Bill Cosby? You, you were a fan when you were a kid. I was a fan when I, I'm, I was a kid. Are you still, can I, you separate the man the man from the art or does it matter? Well, I, I, I don't think it, the, the art, it, the man doesn't matter with the art. He's already produced. I mean, I wouldn't go and buy his album if he said I'm releasing a new one or something, but you oh. can't like... I can't change how that comedy bit affected me. Like sure. it was huge in my life, right. and now finding out this, I can't erase that from its effects on me. You know, like right. I can't now say that was terrible stand-up because he's a terrible human being. You know, <laughs> like um, he's like um, he's a monster. Like really, like. 
I always and that's those are the kind of things that always fascinate me because there's there's that lizard brain thing. There has to be because he, he it was about control. It was about I don't know. I see like to to put forth a plan to execute to right. drug a yeah. woman to yeah. to do what you wanted. Like that that's like took planning. Took planning. Yes, it's yeah, just, exactly. And, and the type of person who's like, Oh, I know what I want to do. Yeah. Like and that's I'm what you a, come up with. Like right. I jump I'm in a car and do stand up like but, like why like who's like are did you have that much money? Were you that bored? Were you that like right? insulated against fucking people that you had to like start victimizing people? I don't know. see where does that come from? Well have you like what's the worst thing you've ever done have you ever like ever intentionally hurt a person i remember being a boy and i pushed a little girl down because i thought it would feel good and then it, it didn't i think i was like eight and she must have been like six and i'm just like she was annoying me and i'm like and she was super cute and for some reason i wanted to like you know and i pushed her down and i felt really bad and then i remember oh. i think i remember one time when i was 16 i shot a little beautiful little bird i was on lsd too oh wow <laughs> i'm like oh that bird's so cute and i look over and my bb gun sitting there and then so i shot it and i felt terrible and you so, killed it yeah and, and you watched its little life go yeah, away and so, you were on acid yeah wow yeah it was really that's like, some god shit yeah. right there it you was. played god it you was. played god yeah. so you're like pretty bird you're dead i yeah. did that and then you had to deal with the consequences exactly. on acid exactly so Oof. they were heightened exactly whoa yeah oh wow yeah. and you didn't bad trip no that uh, would probably turn me i'd probably be like i'm an evil person it was i was like I, there was a couple times where I did things where I thought I was just kind of thinking them, and I actually I did them, and I was mm. like, I almost hurt a friend really bad doing that. We we used to I used to live we had uh, orange groves behind my house, and we would play fights with unripe ones, run through and hit each other with them. <laughs> and there was these huge windmills, and my buddy was was going up the huge windmill, and there was a chain link fence around it. I go, oh, what if somebody threw one at him? And I see one flying through the air, and I was like, oh shit, hit him right in the head, almost <gasps> knocked. He tensed up and grabbed, but if he would have he loosened up, yeah. And I looked down and the one I had in my hand was gone. You did it. I did. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if someone threw it. Like, I like, I remember. That's how I specifically remember it in my brain. So there's like, I, like the thought I acted out when I thought I was only thinking it, I was actually doing it. Wow. So, that's happened to me a couple times. So I'm like, Ugh, involuntary. You know. Yeah. That's bizarre. Or a disassociation. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. And you weren't on ketamine or anything. Were you? No, it was just LSD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, no. But well, who knows what was in it back in the 90s, you know? Yeah, sure. But I would think LSD is definitely a disassociative. I oh, mean, yeah. it's not like Easy. It's not like ketamine is and that that's the class it belongs in. I mean, LSD is specifically a hallucinogen, whereas ketamine is specifically a disassociative. And there's a bunch of different drugs that are disassociatives in that like if you're on enough ketamine you'll see a finger on the table and you'll look at your hand and it won't have a finger but you won't be like that's my finger you won't recognize it you won't get it yeah, yeah it's such like, a disassociative that you'd be wow, like yeah no huh, huh, well this was huh. just kind of fringe yeah <laughs> There was a couple times in my life that that happened. I remember one time I was on LSD and I was a, was in this hot room and it was like a party and it was like probably 100 degrees living in the desert. And she came in, I don't know what she was talking about, she was yelling and screaming just like really in my face. I'm smoking, I flicked my cigarette and it cherried off her face. And I was just like thinking it, you know what I mean? And it right. happened and then I, 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 I kind of felt bad, but she was kind of mean. So like, but it was, you know, one of those These things. Are all that, this is all the stuff you did as a kid. So... Do you feel like once you had kids, like you grew up really dramatically, really quickly? My first child was very sick. I was forced to. Like, you had to grow up. I, I couldn't do acid anymore. 
uh, couldn't no, do acid with a dying L- baby. I quit LSD uh, when my wife was pregnant with our first child. Oh wow! And it was the same thing. I was just kind of over it. I was kind of done with it. And you just were like, "Yep, I'm I done hallucinating." Same get, thing with methamphetamine as a teenager. Like I was in. I started meth when I was like 13. Wow. 14, and then I did it. Why? For like, because it bored? was just there. It was uh, there. And uh, my my older brother was doing it, and I tried it, and I liked it. And oh. um, like at 14, I was in rehab. So. Because your life your life was so negatively impacted by the use of methamphetamine that your parents noticed and they said, get this kid in rehab, stab. It wasn't quite like that. It was like I was kind of just getting in trouble everywhere. So mm. it was one of those ones, those preteen ones where, or like, yeah, I was like in a younger unit where it was more, they considered behavioral issues, but mine were stemmed from my drug use, you know. Wow. Uh, my parents didn't really know the extent of what I was doing. And then when I got out, I did way more, you oh. know. Um, but around 17, there's something about, like, I was coming down and, like, I just was felt this anger and this, ugh. And then I and I recognized, I'm like, this is not me. I don't feel this way. I don't like sure. feeling this way. And I quit. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And, and it was funny because all my friends were in the middle of it. And I go, look, just don't do it around me. Yeah. And, and so while I remember one time they started railing it up. They get it all nice and pretty ready to go. And I go, <gasps> and they, everybody flipped. I go, told you not to do it in front of me. You know, yeah, and exactly. then and then one by one, all my friends quit with me. But then that's when we all started doing LSD. You know, well, we, cessation you know. sometimes uh, it requires other mind-altering drugs. It's much better to be on acid than on meth. Though. I would agree, 100%. like wow. Yes. But that you, as a thirteen-year-old, rather than like getting involved with alcohol, you went straight to meth. Well, like you I just was went, drinking too. Oh, okay. You know, when it could get hold of it, it was easier to get meth than it was alcohol. Wow. Yeah. I was in Southern California, and back in the 90s, the majority of it was being cooked out in the San Bernardino County, like like the desert. Sure. The, that desert's about the size of the state of Indiana. I remember going four-wheeling with my family when we would take guns out and we'd go shooting out in the desert, and you would see those... Um, old streamlined trailers with buckets all around them. You could smell the ether in the air. I remember one time we're shooting and this one lady comes walking up in the middle of the desert. What are you guys doing? Got a beer? I'm like, she's a scout. And even as a teenager, I knew that she's a scout for the meth people cooking sure. over there you know? absolutely so uh, yeah i just kind of i don't know, always always was always very observant always kind of aware of what's going on you know well you i'm sure you were hyper aware because you were on meth like, look around everywhere <laughs> what's going on yeah it was uh yeah no we did it we did it, it was funny because like uh we had an apartment and we had all these people coming from the desert they would bring volume and, they, and we had a scale so they would weigh it all they'd give it to us and we'd sell it that night we'd do it all day and buy weed and then smoke and go to sleep at night. <laughs> so that's what we did that's the way to do yeah, it yeah that's what we thought we had a pretty good plan sure you, know? you had you had all the plans yeah so uh meth to lsd Mm-hmm. And then you became a bartender, so you were around alcohol, well, no problem. Actually, I accident, kind of accidentally became a bartender. Fun. Um, yeah. I was working in a warehouse, and my wife at the time, she was working in a restaurant. I went to On the Border in Dublin. They did, On the Border in yeah. Dublin? That's so funny. They weren't even open yet, and I went in to get an application for my wife, and the general manager was there. I'm like, I'm dirty. I had an orange hair at the time because it was a bad dye job. And 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 I'm like, I need an application for my wife. He's like, oh, you want you want to apply? I go, why? You know, I never worked in a restaurant. He's like, he interviewed me on the spot, hired me on the spot, general manager. You nice. Know? And then... Um, 
I told him I want to be a bartender. He's like, we don't hire, you know, new bartenders. So every day, literally every day for six months, I said, when are you going to make me a bartender? But I busted my ass doing my job well. Sure. And six months I was a bartender. There you go. Well, then it wasn't an accident. You planned that shit. Well, I got the job at the restaurant. Was oh, an the, accident. Oh, the restaurant. But once I got there, I'm like, I'm going to become the bartender. How did you, um, when did you get your little chefy degree? How did you figure that all out? I degree. Um, <laughs> you didn't go to chef school? Oh, hell no. How did you That's get? a waste of fucking money. How did you waste land? Money. Th- th- that's amazing though that then you land the job as an executive chef for okay. a, for a it's experience. residence um what, well what it is is um like if you go to if you go to chef school and you pay all that money you're gonna end up making 14 dollars in the kitchen and, and you know good point 15 know, minimum wage is 15 yeah. now in california is it yeah it is in san francisco it is is it not everywhere well, no, I, no, not yes. Yeah, it's just San Francisco because oh. I just came from a minimum wage job and it was like eleven fifty. Oh my god! And Tracy, yeah, San Francisco is fifteen. Yeah, it's a city, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I lost my train. So you were, you were, oh, yeah. you, you decided you worked in a kitchen. You just started. Well, no, line I, chefing? I, I was, I lost my job and I had, and I managed to get part time catering job, oh. um, in the East Bay. This woman, she was the head chef at Wente for. Oh. I know that winery. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so she hired me for her catering, and I did a weekend of catering to the service part, and I busted my ass. Before she paid me the first check, she gave me a $2 raise and then said, well, you want to come in my, my kitchen and help me prep? You know, Hell yeah. she's like, because I need someone who will work. Because I, that's what, I'm one of those workhorses. I'm, sure. you know, get it done. I'm German, so I just get in there and work. Uh, so, yeah, I went in and started working, and I learned a lot from her. And then she got me a job, um, or a friend of hers needed a chef at her wine bar in downtown Livermore, so I went took over and did that, and I was the head chef there for a while, and then uh, they couldn't stay afloat, so I lost my job, that's why I moved to Tracy, and then just started all over, um, serving bartending in a corporate restaurant, because I knew what I was getting myself into. I find it's hard to work for owners and small businesses, they make a lot of decisions based on emotion as opposed to like business interesting yeah like it's strange well i know i'm a terrible business owner it's all it's all based on yeah emotion in my life this works effectively there well i don't like that (laughs) yeah i'm like i worked at a bar where where they would they were like constantly 86ing people because they talk shit about the owners in the bar or whatever who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like, I'll bet you money. a table in the corner to talk shit as long as you sit there all day and drink. Yeah. I don't care. Absolutely. Like, do you realize, like, and they tell all their friends that they're not allowed in there anymore? That's a whole group of people you're not allowed in your bar. Let them talk shit. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's just like, they, yeah, they make, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I, am, uh, I am astounded by your ch- choices and that you just follow through. You're like, I'm going to do this now, and then there you go. And yeah. you just get it done. Um, yeah, it's I've I've been in like, many a sink or swim situation, and I'm like, and, and it's so funny. I have to. I, I would say I, I go back to attributing it to I did backstage theater for about five years. Okay, it's and like stage management. The, yeah, well, yeah, it, it, yeah, all, everything including that. Um, but I remember one of my first shows, we were doing a scene change, and it took us a minute and a half. And the director's like, "We need to get that to twenty seconds." And I'm like. <laughs> And I, in my mind, in my mind, I was like, "There's no way possible. We did it as fast as we could, and it wasn't two, three weeks later. We did it in like 15 seconds. Wow! So it was one of kind of those things. Like I learned real quick from the people, and it's like, just get it.
get it done. I was sure. like, well, someone's supposed to do it. No, you go do it. Like yeah. get it. And so that 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 just like a better um a, a, what is it uh, a bad plan today is a better than a be- best plan tomorrow or something like that. I forget the same. Uh, uh, perfect is the enemy of done. Yeah. <laughs> That, I, like that. I, I was thinking that. about that on the way Perfect here. Is the enemy had done? Just get it done. Yeah, perfection. Like, like, uh, just it's the little flaws. Because I like little flaws. Because that, um, if if you can't see the flaw, it's probably pretty big. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so take those little perfections unattainable. So little flaws are good things. Where where do you you you're doing comedy? Where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself on a Netflix special? Do you see yourself on Comedy Central? Do you see yourself traveling around the country? Do you see yourself doing old folks homes? What do you <laughs> I already do. I got the, old, got folks the old folks home covered, yeah. yeah. Um but I you know, I um, for, I just want to get good. Like I want to be, I want, I want to be good, and um, realistically, I'd be able to pay my bills. You know, oh. I, and I, I would, ex- I would totally do. I would love to tour. I would love, yeah. to, I would love to be a touring comic and pay sure. my bills. If I could do that, yes. Yeah. Um, same could be said for if I were a writing job where I could pay my bills. You know sure. what I mean? And enjoy what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be famous. You know, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm like, it, I, 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 I don't have unrealistic taste unreal expectations on myself I'm kind of a pessimist I expect the worst you know you'll be presently surprised yeah all the time that's, yeah. that's what I say I mean yeah. you know, life is filled with pleasant little surprises every day yeah. you know so you don't when you got into this you weren't like I see myself on Comedy Central I see myself I, I see I am the next Dane Cook. No, there's, Terrible there's, example. there's. I, I, I give rides to a lot of comics and, you know, talk to them. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, when we're on, you know, so and so, when we're doing this, I'm like, I had to, I, I like, I like, I like the show I did last the, last week. I like the show. I'm looking forward to the show next week. Like, sure. you know, I want to get better. I want to get funny. I, you know, I just. You don't see yourself as funny yet. I want to get funnier. I don't okay. know. I, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what I think. You want when laugh end, per second you know I mean? ratio? What are you What are you looking for? I saw Jim Gaffigan live a couple of years ago, and he literally, I counted the seconds between laughs, and it was like every 15 seconds he was getting a laugh. Every 15 seconds. I, saw, I was like, how is he doing this magic? Yeah. Like, I, I saw, I, I, it was so funny, I saw a post on social media saying they were looking for someone. Like, don't bother posting unless you have a set that gets 10 or 12 second lap. I'm like... That's a lot, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I just, I just want, I, I like, I want to get to the level where people go, oh, Jacob, you know, he's good to book, you know. Yeah. No matter, you know, who it is, we're, I don't want him to go, ah, that guy, I don't know, or uh, he's pain- difficult, or you know, sure. I just, I just, I go out there and I put in the work. I'm not a d- drama. I hear a lot of the shit, you know. There's little communities, and, yeah. and, and there's little, and it's funny because I, I, I kind of. Ex- I've experienced all of them. I've been the Sacramento scene, the San Francisco scene, the San Jose scene, and how the interactions between those all and the 209 scene separate too, and their their whole interactions. It's, just, it's very interesting. There's camps. There's cliques. There, there's, yeah, I I never leave San Francisco. Yeah, a, a lot of well, I, I have comics leave. where like I'm, I'm so a, lazy. I'm so I don't even go to Oakland unless I'm booked. I never go to an open mic. If I'm going to an open mic, I'm not leaving San Francisco. Fuck that for an open mic. That's why like 
Go, I went to Santa Cruz once to do the Blue Lagoon mm-hmm. for three minutes. I'm like, an hour and a half each way for three minutes? Not worth it. I do that every day. You're nutballs. That just, for me, I'm like, Egh. I mean, if I get booked, I'll go to Santa Cruz. Yeah. If it's a paying gig, hell yeah. Uh, anywhere. But then because I don't do open mics there, it's hard to like get booked. Get in, yeah. And even people have offered me shows and I'm like, Ugh, San Jose is so hard for me to get to. Because I don't have a car. I love it. I love the stage. I love, uh, I really, really enjoy it. And I I like it when I want to get better. I just, I want to get up there. And when I'm doing it, I'm like, that was fucking it. I felt it that moment. That thing. I had the audience and made them, you know, like there's those little little moments. Yeah, no, I I understand that. It's like, in those moments, I feel like God or whatever. Like when you're, when whatever you're saying, they're liking it. And they're smiling back at you. And it's like, oh, they like me. They like what I'm saying. I can't believe liking my abortion joke right now i can't believe it well i want to go in there and know what's going to happen i want to go in there and go i know when i say this this is going to happen i know when i say this this is going to that's the level i want to get to just for my own um purposes when i get up there i want to be able to control the room you know sure um and i'm obviously that would lead where it would lead you know but um that's i just want to get better at comedy that's awesome yeah i mean that's it's the, you have the right then you have the right motivation because if <laughs> I I oftentimes sit here and think to myself like I, I get real delusional because you know I used to believe in Jesus so obviously I'm capable of delusion, <laughs> um, but it's like really what are we all doing like do I think that anything's gonna happen from this I. Uh, I don't think I don't I don't think either that I'm gonna have some Netflix special or someday or that the fairy agent is gonna swoop down from on high and lift me out of obscurity and say, Here, the pantheon of the world is now yours and you we're catering to you. It's just never gonna happen. We I mean You have to you have to work so 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 hard and then get lucky. And then leave to San hope Francisco. That that hap- yeah, well exactly. You, you that, that, LA that, or yeah, New that York. has to happen. You have to be in yeah. LA for that to happen yeah, after exactly. working in, you know, um if I feel like I'm gonna get there, maybe. Um, I'll go to LA. I, I lived in Southern California. Not a big fan, so yeah, it would have to be extremely enticing for me to go down there. Yeah, you know? I agree like, with that. Um, almost gig guarantee. You know, like I, at least I know I'm working if I get down there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm not. I, I knew coming into this, I'm like, you're gonna suck for a long time. How long are you giving yourself to suck? Actually, I'm doing better. I'm I'm doing better than I thought I did would at this month. I mean, I'm booking ten minute spots. That's great. Um, and I'm getting what I consider pretty good lap breaks. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I have no complaints with where I'm at. I'm, I'm not banging my head against a wall. I'm not like, why can't I make this happen? I feel like I've, I've been progressing well. I, I do have the benefit of having been on stage a lot in the last 25 years what, with through my music. Like the, yeah. I started my first band with 19. You know, sure. so you um, know how to use a microphone. Yeah, so and I'm comfortable on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that helps a ton. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree that. Because you can lose an audience just by looking. Like, as I've seen comedians with the funniest fucking fucking shit. No, but I've seen comedians have the funniest fucking bits. And they get up and they look a little nervous. And and just that one look, the the audience, they don't, they lose them somehow. You know, like, like, sure. uh, No, my favorite thing is when um, comedians blame the audience. They get up there and they're like, that worked. 
yesterday with the other audience and it's like oh good blame the audience because that's really going to get them on your side like it's gonna it's gonna even if it's the truth i mean there is like like because i have bits like i know kill most rooms and then sometimes it just doesn't i'm like well that wasn't the best crowd for that you know what i mean so uh, but i'm not like well that would have been funny if you guys if you guys had any sense of humor at all in your terrible lives if if I'm in a silent, I mean, I've had my more than my fair share. Of, well, not more, but a lot of silent rooms. You know what I mean? Like, and, and at the point, like open mic when there's no noise and no nothing or mm. bar noise. I'm at that point. I'm doing it for myself. I record all my sets. I listen oh, back yeah. to it later. Yeah. Like at some point, I switch over to where like I'm not trying to get a laugh that's not going to come. You know what I mean? Sure. So you're just working it. For I, just working you're out. Like, my, and you could even tell them that so, actually yeah. in the microphone. This is for me now. So oh yeah, fuck exactly. You guys. Well, open is, mics. I've heard that a hundred times. Like, well, I thought I'd try that. I guess that joke's gonna shit. You know. So yeah. just trying it out. You know. So that's good stuff. Well, Jacob Blazer, this has been this has been a delight. Uh, anything else you want to leave our audience with? No. Um, Oh, it's been been a lot of fun. Dead oh, babies. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, know, I you got like... me really emotional there at the beginning. With I'm the... sorry. It's okay. It's good. I would... I've never had anybody who's experienced that kind of profound loss. Yeah. And then... At a young age. At a young age, 21, yeah. 21, 22. Post-meth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, when I, people like it, complain about their things, and in my mind, I'm like... After holding my child lifeless in my arms, like very few fucking things in life matter. Wow. All that much after that, you know. Wow. Don't let it make Do me down. I'll, I'll leave it with this. Do you believe in that? Do you believe in an afterlife? Do you think that she's out there, her little baby self looking down, smiling kind of thing? I used to like that idea, um, but I, I probably not. Um, I'd like to think so, but I'm okay with just if the lights go off. I'm not going to know it anyway. Ah, good point. So I don't let it get me down. Yeah, don't don't let it get you down. This has been, uh, again, a pleasure. Thank you for driving all the way out from Tracy, and I wish you luck on your drive to your band practice. What's your band's name? Uh, One Night Stand. Oh, great, One Night Stand. You'll have to grace us with a CD or with a download or something, and we'll play it at Mutiny Radio sometime. Awesome, definitely. Uh, Everybody, go look them up. One Night Stand. Go look up Jacob Blazer. Go see him at Tommy T's tomorrow night. Yes, at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock in Pleasanton. Yep. Um, And hey, this has been Some Call Me Tim. Stay tuned for the second hour where Bear is going to be playing some music. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be back next week on Some Call Me Tim at 2 o'clock where we talk about God and shit. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back here at Mutiny Radio.
guys are listening to the second half of Some Call Me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. We've got Bear in the house, in the hizzy. He's going to be playing some awesome music from his computer box as we sort of finish up all the training here. So um, so that you can plug straight into the box or we, there's, a, there's an a, adapter. Oh, that's actually, you can plug that into here. Because it's you have the adapter on it, and so the eighth inch should work. Oh, there you go. You're hearing things. He's hearing it up. And if it doesn't, it's because this. I need to get new cords. I'm just the worst person in the world. Uh, so here we go. Um, you wanna? It is. It is locked and loaded. This is the well, kind of the, sure the bear show. Works. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put in another CD here. Let's make sure there's no dead air. Oh, and, no dead air. Dead air is bad. No dinner. Um, we'll play another song.
Hello, puppies. You are listening to Pop Off, the sound of musical curiosity. I'm your host, Bear. Welcome to this mid-afternoon music break. This Pop Off is actually going live, baby, live, finally. And we are doing a little test run here at Mutiny Radio out of SF. Uh, the actual show will be debuting on Tuesdays, 8 to 10. But right now... We're going to do a little, uh, what I like to call, my musical autobiography, give you a taste of what you're in for, because pop-off isn't anything-goes kind of music show, and because, as the great bass player Jaco Pastoria said, music is the only thing keeping the planet together, so I'm going to help keep the planet together by playing you a lot of great music. So let's get to it.
Something cool I'd like to order something cool It's so warm here in town And the heat gets me down Yes, I'd like something
you are listening to pop off the sound of musical curiosity i am your host bear and top of that set trumpet blues by harry james a big band trumpet player who worked in the 30s that was followed by one of my favorite recordings of all time gene krupa with drum boogie featuring irene day on vocals that song also features on his later album Drummin' Man, but that version has vocals by the great Anita O'Day. Great though it is, I prefer the original with Irene Day's vocals. And at the end there, Something Cool by June Christie, one of the great jazz albums of all time, released in 1953. And for you real music nerds, they did release a uh, double album set that comes with both the mono and stereo versions. Now, I just realized in my uh, testing for radio here right now that I have come full circle, actually, because I was introduced to the big band sound from my grandparents, who were Italian immigrants, and my grandfather was one of the most famous accordion players in the country and the biggest accordion player on the West Coast who had a radio show in El Cerrito back in the 30s and 40s playing the accordion. So coming full circle on radio is a tribute also to them. So that's where that comes from. Next up, we enter the rock and roll era, though this particular recording comes from 1989. It is Roy Orbison, one of my favorite vocalists of all time, with Go, 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 Down the Line from the Black and White Night album. Wrong. She'll be cool and dry. She's gonna 
There's a bright golden haze in the meadow. The cone is as high as an elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky.
And that was Ray Charles with Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, his cover of the Rodgers and Hammerstein song from the musical Oklahoma. Now I came to Broadway musicals, also thanks in part to my grandparents on both sides of my family. And Ray Charles is one of my favorite artists, and that song right there and his version of it, I think, might be, if hard-pressed, my favorite recording of all time. Before that, CCR with Fortunate Son. I came to that because of my father, parent, who was a child of the 60s, grew up in El Cerrito, and uh, fun fact, John Fogarty's previous band was his high school dance band. Uh, CCR, obviously, part of the whole Vietnam protest movement, and at the top, Roy Orbison, one of the greatest... Voices in all of music with Go, Go, Go Down the Line. Not the original version. That version is from 1989 off the live video and album Black and White Night, which features a lot of great guest stars from Bruce Springsteen, Tom Waits, and Bonnie Raitt. Now, next up, another cover version. This one coming to us from Benin superstar Angelique Kijo with a little help from Joss Stone doing a cover and giving some real heat to the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. You're listening to Pop Off, the sound of musical curiosity.
That was Angelique Kijo with Joss Stone doing their cover of Gimme Shelter. This is your host, Bear, and I'm doing a little bit of a musical resume uh, on Mutiny Radio and SF to give you a little taste of what's coming up on my show, Pop Off the Sound of Musical Curiosity. And one of the things that shaped my musical palette was that I went to high school in the 90s, and I absolutely, at the time, detested 90% of the music that was being put out in the 90s. Um, I was much more interested in the 50s and 60s sounds, which were not being sold at the, do you remember this, warehouse music? So I had to record the songs off of Oldies Radio on the tapes, which would become these very weird sort of flowing mixtapes, which I then took to Ken Castleman's art class because he had a great stereo system and allowed you to play music. Uh, And he played those tapes, and my classmates did not like me. (laughs) I was not popular. But over time, I developed other musical tastes, obviously, and one of the bands that I came to through their biggest hit, Love Shack, was the B-52s, but they have since gone on to become one of my favorite bands, and their early work is absolutely stellar, and a lot of songs don't get played on radio because they weren't big hits, but this is one of them. It's the B-52s with the instrumental theme for a nude beach.
That was America's favorite party band, the B-52s, with theme for a nude beach, which I wrongly said was an instrumental shame on me. Uh, Also, very uh, iconic queer band. And as a queer myself, uh, I think it's important that you have your queer icons, both sort of the fun poppy ones, and then also the more intellectual types. And I have friends who their queer icon is Stevie Nicks or Tori Amos, but my intellectual queen is this lady right here. It's the Eurythmics with King and Queen of America. We're the old 
Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah? Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and held my hand. You never do what common people do. You never fail like common people. 
Yes, you heard that right. That was William Shatner with a song for the working people, Common People, originally by Pulp. But that is one of my favorite cover versions of all time. Before that, the Eurythmic with King and Queen of America. And it's about time for me to wrap up here. But as I like to do on my show, instead of leaving you with me yammering, I leave you with a song. So this is Bear Wishing All My Poppies. Peace, love, happiness, music, and dancing. Your bonus beat this episode is, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you have to have your intellectual gay icon and then your sort of fun poppy gay icon. And my queen is Gloria Estefan. And here she is with the remix of her great track, Feelin', the Love to Infinity remix that starts off with a little quote from the film Animal House. Ciao for now. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. And it ain't over now. Let's go! Come on! Let's Ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at Mutiny radio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best cool 
coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local